General Kenobi. tuning in to another episode of Hello There, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, so this past week, Nate and I were unable to record a traditional episode because uh, he's been out, uh, not home in Texas, and uh, I've just been kind of busy with personal stuff. So I just wanted to do some kind of episode this week, similarly to like when I did the, uh, the solo uh, spoiler-free impressions, because... I just want to stay consistent with the podcast, and uh, I know we don't have a lot of listeners, but uh, I do just want to tell anyone that is listening that I am dedicated, and I do love making the podcast, regardless of how many people we have listening. Uh, so yeah, so this week, I thought that I would take the time to just kind of talk about the way that I go about a Star Wars movie or an episode of one of the animated shows, uh, really just anytime I consume any kind of Star Wars story. Uh, so I guess that would go for the books as well, but I've only really, only really gotten into the last shot as far as the novels go uh, in the current canon. Um, but I do plan on reading more. Uh, trying to make it through Bloodline, um, but it is a little tough to get through when you're trying to listen to the audiobook at work because it's very kind of detailed, because it's very political, politically driven. Um, but yeah, so the way that I go about consuming any kind of Star Wars story is, I think, a little different from a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of these people that I'm seeing online. Um, I don't really consume them from the standpoint of... Like, like, when I watch a Star Wars movie, I'm not thinking the entire time of, oh, this character was written this way, or, like, a, a real person in the real world decided to do this specific thing with this character. Um, and, of course, you know, I, I do read into that a little bit after I've done, you know, after I've finished watching a new movie, so, like, let's say, like, after I've watched The Last Jedi... Uh, but while I'm actually in the zone, like if I'm if I put on a Star Wars movie at home, uh, I'm I'm looking at it as if everything is really in universe. Like it, like it's not a movie per se, but it is like this is how things happened in this Star Wars universe. Uh, and so I kind of look at it. Um, I kind of look at a lot of the people that are kind of reacting, especially to Last Jedi. But uh, I don't really want to talk too much about negativity. But uh, the way that I look at it is. I may not agree with what happened, but what happened, happened. And so I don't really, I didn't really love the Canto Bite scene, and I, I've said that many times on the podcast before, but it still happened, and it's still canon, and I accept that. Just because I don't really love it doesn't mean that I want it just deleted. <laughs> so, um, and of course, I, I know I'm very outspoken about the prequels and how much I do uh, love the prequels, and so anytime someone says that they just want something deleted, from just canon or from existence really um 
I kind of find it weird that people have that opinion because to me it's like yeah I didn't really love the Canto Bite stuff but if you remove it then that stuff never happened which means that there's that much less lore in the universe and so I, I don't like removing lore uh, I think that's that's kind of what I'm saying uh, the way that I really watch a Star Wars movie is I'm taking everything as fact unless I'm proven that it was you know like a lie so like similar to um, like maybe like Padme Amidala lying about her identity in Phantom Menace like that obviously I took uh, and I mean it wasn't that hard of a of a you know reveal like it wasn't that hard to kind of figure it out ahead of time but uh, I was also eight when the movie came out so to me that was mind blowing but like that's an example of like I took Kira Knightley's character as that's Padme Queen Padme Amidala well Queen Amidala they didn't say Padme until you know when the, when the handmaiden Padme, <laughs> she became the queen, but uh, I'm getting off topic. Um, but yeah, so I kind of just take things kind of as what they are. Like, when Luke Skywalker is kind of a grumpy, bitter old man on Octu, that's not Luke I wanted, but I still took it as, okay, well, this is Luke. It's just because it's not what I wanted, it's still what this, you know, interpretation of Luke Skywalker has become. And... I really didn't like the whole throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder thing. Like, it really, really didn't sit well with me at all. But that doesn't mean that I would change it. I mean, maybe I would, but you can't. So that's kind of what that's kind of where I fall. Is like, I just I, I don't understand why any any real fans. That's the wrong kind of verbiage. But like anyone that really adores this universe I, I don't understand why they can't just take it as it is and I mean trust me I've I've watched the, the prequels in their wooden dialogue hundreds of times and and yeah it's still like kind of cringy at moments but I live with it you know and that's what it is and it's just very weird that um, that that's kind of how people act towards last Jedi um, but yeah so I'll move on from that though because again I don't really want to dwell on that and I do feel like Nate and I talk about that um, a bit we don't we, we try to kind of stay away from it but I do feel like maybe addressing it a little bit um, but so I, I, I really want to talk about because I always talk about the prequels uh, I talk about the prequels a real lot actually uh, with Nate I call myself Mr. Prequel Man the other day uh, or the other, the other episode rather and uh, I, I do adore the prequels so much but I do want to touch on the original trilogy because I feel like I don't really give it that much love specifically on the podcast and that's just specifically because I, the topics that I want to talk about have to, are just they take place in the prequel era so um, I do want to give some love to the original trilogy and um, I would have to say I'm kind of with Nate where he has been going back and forth with whether or not he thinks Jedi or Empire is his favorite but when he puts A New Hope lower down on his list, I, I, I was kind of shocked. Because I feel like A New Hope, it's... Yeah, it's dated in ways, and some of, the, some of the cinematography is a little different from Empire and Jedi, and of course the prequels, um, you know, Empire and Jedi not being directed by George. Uh, so obviously there's, you know, that's, that's going to make a difference as well, of course. Um, but I just feel like there's just a look and feel and tone to A New Hope that I, I don't know if any of the Star Wars movies, even the two other uh, original trilogy movies, 
have really recaptured. There, there's something about, you know, when, when Vader storms on the Tantive Four, uh, and, you know, when he, when he chokes out, you know, Captain Antilles, and the way he yells at kind of his, his stormtroopers, like, I want her alive. And just the, even just the way that C-3PO and R2-D2 look when they land on Tatooine and they're walking in the desert, you see the crate Dragon in the background. Um, and of course, you know, George Lucas has since then added a bunch of types of little things like it's through CGI and, and other means, um, kind of, you know, background texture as well. But the Crate Dragon was always there, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, the, it, there was just some, just a flavor to A New Hope. And I don't know if I can exactly pin it down, but there was such a, like, a, almost a curiosity to it, you know, like, the, like even the characters were always kind of curious about what's going on around them, even if they did know what's going on. Like Han Solo, he always, he was, he was kind of like, <laughs> you, you, you almost get the sense Han Solo himself doesn't really know how to fly the Falcon, despite him proclaiming that he's one of the best pilots in the galaxy. Um, and how Luke is, you know, he's so curious about the Force. And Obi-Wan, uh, you know, he, he senses Vader. And all the characters, they they all kind of have something that they're kind of, they have a curiosity about. Um, and you could say 3PO has a curiosity about R2's uh, sense of uh, responsibility and, and brashness. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the only real character with any conviction in A New Hope, I think, uh, aside from maybe Vader, just because, you know, like, back then, before he turned out to be Luke's father, he was just kind of like the big, bad, you know, like, evil guy. Uh, so he, uh, I would argue he had conviction in his actions as well. Um, but even he, I guess you could even say like in the, in the, the scene where they're talking about, you know, the Senate's being dissolved, yada, yada. And even he is kind of just like, you know, he doubts that the, this technical terror, uh, you know, the Death Star. And so I guess even he would be, have maybe not a curiosity, but kind of a skepticism. And the only character that I really think in the entirety of A New Hope that knows exactly what they want, knows exactly who they are, knows exactly what needs to be done. And I think that's Leia. Uh, and it's... Leia is a character that I think... I think she, really at the heart of it, might be the most important character to the entire saga. And you could argue Luke, of course. Luke's the one that brings Vader back. Uh, you know, he, he brings him back down to Earth. You know, the Return of the Jedi. You know, he, he is Anakin Skywalker before he dies. Uh, you could argue that. Obviously, Luke is the one that takes on the Emperor, and then through the help of his father, his father's really the one that does it. But, you know, you can make that argument for Luke. But I think that Leia, at her core, really is the kind of the cornerstone of the original trilogy. And I don't think she gets enough credit from... How do I word this? I don't want to word this... I think that the average Star Wars fan, they just see Leia, they, they picture her in the white robe, and then they picture her in the, um, you know, the, 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 the outfit when she's captured by Jabba the Hutt. But people don't, I feel like most people don't initially picture, see, when I think of Leia, first I think Carrie Fisher, of course, because <laughs> she's timeless and I, you know, I miss her dearly. Not that I ever knew her, but, you know, I just miss... Uh, hearing about, you know, stories of her being on the con circuits and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously I just miss her personality and the fact that she won't be able to ever um, kind of make anyone smile with her wit again. Uh, but then I think of Leia in the opening scenes of 
a new, uh, sorry, not a new hope, Empire Strikes Back, where she's kind of just commanding the entire room when, you know, the, during the evac of Hoth. And she's saying, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, do this and that to protect the fighters. And, and she's like, she's basically telling everyone what to do. And she's leading everything. And she's the backbone of, of the, the rebellion, essentially, at that point. Uh, at least that, you know, cell of the rebellion. You know, we're obviously led to believe that there's other factions of the rebellion out there because Ma Mothma isn't stationed on uh, Hoth, <laughs> you know. Um, Although I don't know, maybe she was 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 Mon Mothma still a senator, but the Senate was dissolved. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'll look into the Mon Mothma thing. But uh, yeah, I just feel like Leia really is the core to the original trilogy uh, because even think about it, she is kind of the warmth that you know Luke in Return of the Jedi. He is kind of doubtful, and he is he does have conviction. You know, like, he, he does believe he will become a Jedi Knight when he takes on Vader. Uh, but you do get this tiny sense of, maybe not skepticism, but maybe, you know, like, can I... Not, I can't do this, but you do get a sense of, can I do this from Luke? And then you see the scene with Luke and Leia when he reveals, uh, you know, I knew, I always knew. And I feel like that kind of gives Luke, when Luke finally tells Leia that, you know, they're brother and sister, he, it almost warms Luke up because of Leia's reaction. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the great inter, uh, interaction between Han and Leia when when she's like, he's my brother. Um, you know, ha, and I'll get to Han in a little bit because, of course, that's, you know, coming off of Solo and Last Shot. Um, there's a lot to talk about with, with Han as well. But I, I just... I, I really wish that Leia would get more credit for um, kind of the... Not just the princess, because she was a princess. Um, and, you know, there's the line by Laura Santeca of uh, uh, she may be... Uh, she may be a general to you or whatever, whatever position she has. I don't remember. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, but she's, she's, she'll, to me, she'll always, always be royalty. Um, and I, I feel like Leia doesn't get enough credit for maybe not her military instinct, but maybe her, just the fact that she's just a strong female character. And, and on top of that, she's just a strong character. Um, cause I do want to, I do want to make light of the fact that, you know, she, back then I wasn't alive in 1977 and 1980 and 83. So I, I just genuinely don't really know what the status of female leads were in movies, but I definitely know in, in sci-fi, um, it was her that it was, you know, Ellen Ripley. Um, and so having those two characters, and I don't want to get off track with alien, but, um, let's stick with, which is, let's just stick with Leia. The fact that Leia was such a strong character. Um, I think really shows the quality of the original trilogy. And then getting back to my earlier point about how A New Hope kind of has its own flavor. Uh, like I said earlier, Leia is really the only character in that movie that is that strong character with conviction. And she knows exactly what needs to be done. And, um, you know, like she she's not... Like, she gets tortured by her, you know, she doesn't know it, but for her, her own father. And she still doesn't give it up. And then she, when she lies, you know, when she gives, like, the location of the rebel fa the rebel base, it's well, clearly it's not the real rebel base. So, you know, she, she tried up until the end to save Alderaan, um, but she never gave up in. You know, she never gave up the rebellion. And um, obviously Han... 
probably would have in that situation, at least at that point in time. Maybe not in Return of the Jedi, but uh, definitely in A New Hope, I think he would have. Um, maybe not Maybe not easily, but I think eventually, after torture and all that. Um, although you can make the argument maybe not, because in Empire he didn't, although he does say they didn't even ask me any questions. So, so who knows? Um, but I do think that it just it's, it stands as a testament to... Uh, to Leia in A New Hope because I mean clearly 3PO is, isn't the uh, the definition of a you know of a rock uh, when it comes to fortitude um, and then Luke of course you know the great thing about the original trilogy is that it's it's the story of Luke of course it's obviously the second half of the story of Anakin Skywalker but Leia I think that she not that she doesn't have the most character development, but I think that she just... She has this way about her in all three movies where, like, you know who Leia is. In Empire Strikes Back, for a couple moments, you know, in specific parts, you're kind of like, who is Luke? Is Luke going to be able to do this? Like, obviously, Return of the Jedi, we, you know, throughout the entirety, it's a very positive film versus, you know, the, the, the dark tone that Empire had, where in Return of the Jedi, you know, of course, you're always like, of course Luke's going to do this. But in Empire, you know, when he's like, I can't believe it, and I, I always bring up the quote, that is why you fail, uh, and that's, you know, my favorite Yoda quote. Um, but you get the, you do get a little bit of a sense of, like, Luke might not be the right one to do this, and even the, you know, the, no, there is another thing. Also, I mean, you obviously, if it's your first time watching, you don't know it's Leia, but you know, on repeat viewings, you know that that's Leia. And so it is kind of a, a subtle thing of like, well, Leia, maybe she was the chosen one, or maybe she was the one that was supposed to be the heir to the chosen one, if the chosen one is indeed Anakin, uh, which I do believe that Anakin was the chosen one. Um, and that's, uh, again, that is a topic for another day as well. Uh, maybe I'll talk about that with Nate. But, um... I just, yeah, I mean, I think I've said really everything I need to say about Leia on that front. Um, I guess we can talk about Han for a little bit. So, when we first meet Han, of course, you know, he's he's the scraggly kind of, you know, he's the scruffy smuggler who, out the gate we learn, you know, he drops his cargo at the site of a, you know, an Imperial uh, cruiser and... Uh, you know, he's, can we trust him? Can we not? Is this guy really as good as he says? Is he, you know, what's, what's this guy's deal? And you get, you get the sense that like, he's just a cool character, excuse me, a cool character. But throughout the movie, he kind of repeatedly shows you how not great of a guy he is. And then of course, at you know, in the finale of the movie, he does prove like, Hey, let's get out of here. Let's blow this thing up and, you know, let's blow this thing up and go home. And uh, But throughout the movie, he kind of repeatedly hammers it over the head of like, hey, I'm a bad guy. Hey, I'm not a, I'm not a good guy. Hey, I'm in this for the money. Hey, I don't care about you. I'll let you, I'll, you can stay here. I don't care. Um, and I, I think that Hans, I'm, I'm going to say something maybe, maybe a little controversial. I think in, if you're strictly talking about A New Hope, you're not bringing up Hans' arcs in Empire and Jedi. I think Han his turnaround kind of isn't really earned at the end of the movie. Uh, I think that it's kind of, the movie beats you over the head with Hans, you know, not a good dude. And Hans, he's a, you know, he's a pirate. He's a swindler. He doesn't care about you. He just cares about money and Chewie. 
And then out of nowhere, he risks his tail to help Luke, who was a kid he met like nine hours ago. And it is kind of weird to me sometimes. Like, I, like of course it was, you know, it's, it's, you know, it was supposed to be high, you know, not high sentence, it was supposed to be high fantasy. And so, well, I guess high fantasy is like dragons and you, you know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's, it's a very out there kind of like hyper fantastical universe. So of course it was going to end, you know, on a good note, uh, which then was starkly, you know, kind of, uh, reversed with empire. Uh, but I do think that if if George had made a new hope, maybe today, uh, like like if the, if the first if it was the first Star Wars movie to come out today, like let's say like none of the other movies happened, this it was coming out in for the first time in 2018 instead of in 1977. Uh, I think that George might have lightened up Han throughout the movie uh, because people really don't remember like the entire time he's kind of saying like. Like, like out of nowhere, he like the only reason he cares about Leia is because she's a princess with a lot of money, and you know that was he kind of acts like really scummy in that scene. And uh, I mean, I'm not saying from a, I'm not saying change change that, you know, that's fine. But I do think that George might have lightened the character up a lot, and I think the proof of that is the fact of you know the whole Han shot first, Greedo shot first argument. Um, I do believe that. Uh, that George did that, and I'm pretty sure it's confirmed, so I'm, I don't even know why I'm saying I believe it, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure George did it to prove, like, hey, this guy's eventually going to be a husband and a father, um, or at least a husband, you know, or, or, or at least a guy that ends up with the princess, well, at, at bare minimum. Um, and so, you know, we don't want to make him just be a stone-cold killer. Uh, and so I, I firmly believe that I, I think if, if A New Hope were to come out for the first time this year, that Han would have been a much more lighter character going through the movie instead of, uh, and I, I mean from a sense of, like, the you know, the, the quips that he says of, of uh, you know, when he's acting about, like, like, he's only doing it for the money and all that. And, uh, you know, like, when, when Luke says, like, you're only in it, you know, it's the only thing you're good at yourself or, you know... Uh, paraphrasing that, obviously, because I haven't seen A New Hope in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Han would have been a little bit different, at least in A New Hope. I think that Empire and Jedi uh, is pretty consistent. Like, they, they do form a consistent path after, you know, w once A New Hope ends and he comes back and helps them, I think that it, Han is consistent after that. Uh, but I do think in A New Hope, it's it's a little weird that he's, like, such a such a scummy dude. Not a bad guy, because he's I don't think he's ever evil, but he's kind of just like a scummy, self-serving kind of guy, and then out of nowhere, he's this, you know, hailed as this massive protector. Um, when I feel like Leia maybe should have deserved a medal, too, because of her actions on the Death Star, but again, that's... Then we'll get into the whole the Wookiee deserved a medal thing, too, and all that. I'm not getting into that. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think Han's, Han's journey after that, um, even through Force Awakens, but especially, I'm, I'm specifically talking, you know, Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope, or <laughs> Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, um, I, I think it's pretty consistent. Um, but yeah, I, okay, so that's, so Han, what else can we talk about? What, 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 what should I talk about, people? Let me know. Send, send us a message. Let me know what you want us to talk about. Um, sticking with the original trilogy, though, let's, let's talk about something. Hmm. I'm actually driving right now. That's why I'm kind of, I'm trying to pay attention to that instead of thinking of a new topic. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, 
Okay, here's here's something that I want to bring up. Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit. Does that... Do you guys, the listeners, think that it was... That it was earned? Uh, you know, the whole... Uh, like, Boba Fett being... And I, I'm going to just go ahead and assume that, you know, the, the listeners of the show... Um, Although, you never know. I, I can't really assume anyone, you know. So uh, th- that's why I want you to write in, because I don't, I don't know what the listeners of the show think. Um, but, you know, it's, it's safe to say Boba Fett was hailed as this awesome, mysterious character back in, in 83 and 82, I guess, even before he came out. Uh, before the movie came out, rather, with, with Return of the Jedi. Um, and then he just kind of gets, you know, killed. Or, quote-unquote, killed. We still don't have any confirmation in the current Disney canon, if you made it out alive. Uh but yeah, I think Boba Fett, he might have been one of the most anticlimactic kind of villains in the entirety of Star Wars. Uh, right next to, um, they kind of took a page out of that with Phasma, which is a bummer because they, they solved the error of, of kind of wasting, quote unquote, Boba Fett. And they did the same thing with Phasma. Like, you know what happened with Boba Fett. Why did you repeat the same mistake? Um, but I think it also... Okay, so this is kind of where my thought process was going to. Uh, I think that George might have intentionally mirrored Boba Fett's fate with Jango because Jango, yeah, he does have the really cool battle with Obi Wan on the the Kamino and platform, but then on Genosis, he just gets wrecked. You know, he he kills Coleman Trevor, which you know, uh, feel bad for Coleman Trevor, but uh, after that, you know, he hops down into the arena and then. Uh, he kills the, I don't know, the, the rhinoceros-looking uh, alien. I, I know the name of it, I just can't stop driving right now. I can't pull it up. Um, and then Mace just, you know, just one-pieces him. And it, it kind of does, now that I'm thinking of it, it kind of does really mirror Boba Fett's fate. If, if like I said, if we're going to believe Boba Fett died in the Sarlacc pit, or is still currently being digested in the, the Sarlacc pit, maybe. Um... And so that makes me wonder if George had intentionally made Boba Fett's death kind of weak as well in Return of the Jedi uh, by mirroring it, you know, by, by mirroring, you know, the, the, how easily Boba, uh, Django was extinguished as well. Um, so that's a thought. I, I think I want to actually bring that up with Nate. Well, I want to see his opinion on that. So uh, I don't know if he's going to listen to this in time for us uh, by the time we record the next episode, but uh, I, I want to ask that with Nate. So uh, let's put a pin in that. Let me know what your thoughts on the Boba Django fat fates are, whether you whether or not you think that Django's was intentionally kind of uh, mirroring, not li- a literal mirroring, like obviously Django doesn't die in the Starlight Pit, but uh, you know, kind of, they're kind of both kind of taken out quick. Uh, in their, you know, their ultimate showdowns. Uh, so let me know what you think about that. Um, so this has been going on for almost a half hour. Uh, my hand's, like, kind of cramping up because i got to hold the record button down on Anchor. <laughs> so I think we're going to cut it there. But like I said, I just wanted to get something out this week because uh, I feel really bad that we couldn't uh, record anything last week. Like I said, Nate's uh, been traveling, and I have just been really busy with personal stuff. So, uh, And it was also... 4th of July last week, and so usually we would try to record on a, on a Wednesday that threw that off, and then we still had leftover stuff, so blah, 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 it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll definitely be back with a full regular episode. I'm actually not going to number this episode, I don't think. 
um, because, you know, we want episode 11 to be, is 11, 12, whatever the, the next episode number is supposed to be. Um, that'll be the episode after this. This will just be kind of a bonus episode, just to kind of, um, you know, give you guys something to discuss, uh, or discuss back with us. So like I said, write back into us. Uh, you can hit us up at hello there podcast at gmail.com, or you can direct message me on Twitter at Anthony Palm. You can direct message Nate at six, six, seventeen. That's S Y C S T I X. I'm glad that I can remember that without looking at it. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so this has been another episode of Hello There, a Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you all, and you are a bold one, General Kenobi. Did it wrong again. General Kenobi, you are a bold one. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening.